Last week we discovered that judge not, that ye be not judged, wasn't a prohibition against judging. But the introduction to Jesus' teaching on judging in the Sermon on the Mount. And as we studied Matthew 7, 1 through 6, we discovered that we are in fact instructed to judge. Not to judge someone's eternal destiny, not to pass sentence on anyone. God alone does that. But that we are expected to make moral judgments with regard to the rightness or wrongness of people's behavior. Now, in order to do this correctly, we discovered we must use the right standard. We're not free to write the rules. God has already done that. Our job is to simply make one another aware of what God has said. And before we attempt to tell others what He has said, we better make sure we are applying it to our own life. We've got to get the log out of our own eye before we help a brother get the speck out of his. And it is our brother we're to judge. If we cast our pearls of judgment before unbelievers, they will turn on us like swine because they've not accepted the standard that's been given to us. Now, I hope that we learned those truths about judgment last week. That's what Jesus is teaching here in the Sermon on the Mount. But he has even more to say about judgment as we continue on in the Sermon on the Mount. He goes on to make it clear that if we are to make good judgments, we must pray for wisdom, trust our Father to give us the answers we need, and then apply the golden rule to the situations that we are seeking to judge. Let's read on. We're in Matthew chapter 7. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Now, in the 11th chapter of Luke's Gospel, Jesus says the same thing while teaching on prayer in general. A disciple asked him to teach them to pray, and he gave them a model prayer very similar to the one he had already taught during the Sermon on the Mount. He then went on to illustrate the need for persistence in prayer by telling the parable of the friend who came at midnight with a request for bread and got it. Because he persisted. And Jesus then said, ask. Keep on asking. Seek. Keep on seeking. Knock. Keep on knocking. The tense he used meant this is a continual 
action. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock. Keep on knocking, and it shall be opened to you. Well, that is exactly what he had said earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, recorded here in Matthew 7. Now, the difference between the two statements is the immediate context in which we find them. And that's very important when reading Scripture. Keep it all in context. We have a tendency to read the Sermon on the Mount as if it were just random teachings going every direction. I think not. I think it was a very concise and focused instruction he was giving to his disciples. In Luke 11, when he says, knock and seek and ask, it was a general teaching on prayer. Here he's teaching about judging. And since we are now in Matthew instead of Luke, we're going to limit our application of ask, seek, and knock to the matter of seeking wisdom in order to make good judgments that he's just told us we have to make. And who can deny the need for wisdom when making judgments? Solomon surely recognized it. When he ascended to the throne of Israel, God gave him the opportunity to ask for anything he wanted. And he he responded, Give thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, to discern between good and evil. And God granted him his request. And Solomon became the wisest man of all time. James makes it clear, however, that Solomon isn't the only one who will be granted wisdom. In James 1.5, we read, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. So we, too, can have wisdom. If we'll ask for it, if we will seek after it, and if we'll knock on the right door. And again, who would doubt that we need wisdom in making judgments, in knowing how to judge and when to judge and whom to judge? Well, Jesus warned us about the danger of judging unbelievers In verse 6, and he made it clear in verses 1 through 5 that we must not be hypocritical when making judgments or use the wrong standard because the way we judge, we will be judged. So we must obviously be very cautious when judging and pray for wisdom to judge rightly. And that is why Jesus went on to say in verse 7, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Now, there is debate on whether these three are synonyms for prayer. Whether they're maybe three steps to take in prayer. Or maybe even just three different aspects of prayer. 
There's debate about that. It's even been suggested that they are all tied to where you are in relation to God when praying. If you're on the outside, you've got to knock. If you've wandered away, you need to seek. If you're at home with him, all you have to do is ask. Now, I kind of like that. And I think there's some truth in that. But I really think the primary thought has to do with steps to take while praying for wisdom. And one does lead to the other. We begin by simply asking. Asking God for wisdom. Then we start seeking His wisdom. We plunge into the Word to discover what He has said. And then we knock. We implore God to open the door He wants us to go through. This has obvious application to making good judgments. Again, we start out simply asking. Asking for wisdom. Asking for God to guide us. Asking for courage to do what needs to be done. Then we start seeking. We seek to know the facts. We seek to know what God has said that might apply to the situation. We seek for the right words to use when confronting our brother. And then we knock. We look for opportunities to do what we're convinced God wants us to do. We pray for doors to open so we can help our brother. In all of this, we trust that God is answering our prayer, that He is directing us, and Jesus uses an example to assure us this we can do. Let's read on. Or what man is there among you when his son shall ask him for a loaf, will give him a stone? Or if he shall ask for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father who's in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? You know, God doesn't text, tweet, or email us with detailed instructions to follow. I'm sure there are times when we would all like to get such direct communication, especially when we're seeking direction in prayer. But Jesus said we're to walk by faith, not by sight, and I'm glad that he did. You know, I wouldn't want to have to, to get up every morning only to find on my pillow a list of things I had to do that day to please God. I'd much rather begin the day knowing that I have the freedom to make decisions about the day, yet with the knowledge that God is with me and that He will direct me. And He will, if I ask, if I seek, if I knock. You know, God isn't a cosmic comedian who loves to play tricks on us. Nor is he evil, seeking to deceive us and lead us astray or harm us. What father, Jesus asked, would give a hungry son who asked for bread a stone that only looked like a loaf? 
Or what father would give his son an unclean eel to eat when he asked for a fish? Or as he said in Luke 11, what father would give his son a rolled up scorpion when he'd ask for an egg? Now, sad to say, there may be a father evil enough to do such. But God certainly would not. Our Heavenly Father doesn't play games with us. If we ask in faith, He gives us the answer. If we seek in faith, He sees to it that we find the answer. The answer we need. And if we knock in faith, He opens the right door. Now, there are some who pray, but never act. Because they're never sure they've received an answer. And you can act on the answer you've been given. If you've asked, he's answered. If you've asked, he's answered. Jesus tells us to trust our Heavenly Father in this. When we pray, He gives us the answer. He doesn't hide from us. He doesn't deceive us. He doesn't play tricks on us. If you've asked, by faith, you know that your Heavenly Father has answered you. And you can act on the answer that you've been given. If you feel the Spirit urging you to say something, say it. If the Scriptures have addressed the matter, share it. If a door has been opened, go through it. Do what needs to be done. But do it prayerfully, carefully, and compassionately. Apply the golden rule to the situation as you do what needs to be done. Verse 12. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them. For this is the law and the prophets. You know, we could easily go from verse 2 to verse 12. For in the way you judge, you will be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Therefore, however you want people to treat you, so treat them. We call this the golden rule. Now, I don't know where that designation originated. It isn't elevated to such heights in Scripture, but that's what we call it. And we do find it in two places. Here in Matthew 7... And in Luke 6, where Luke places it in the context of Jesus teaching on the need to show love to our enemies. There the golden rule sums up how we're to treat our enemies. Here it sums up how we are to judge each other. And indeed, the golden rule is a principle that can guide us in almost any situation. It is a golden principle that we should follow in life. However, we must be careful not to elevate it as the most important teaching in the Bible. I'm, heard, I'm pretty sure you've probably heard someone say, well, I just live by the golden rule. 
Well, if that's the sum total of the religious experience, they're going to come up short. It may well summarize the law and the prophets, but it's not the plan of salvation. No man can be saved by simply following the golden rule. In fact, the golden rule isn't uniquely Christian. Socrates, Aristotle, Confucius, and the Jewish rabbi Hillel all made similar statements before Jesus spoke what we call the golden rule. Now, it's true. Those were all spoken negatively. Don't do to someone what you wouldn't have them do to you. But the idea was very similar. Now, by putting it in positive terms, Jesus demands that we act, not that we just refrain from doing something. You know, you could obey the the negative rule by doing nothing, but you must act positively to obey Jesus. So the golden rule is a higher ethic. It's not the Mount Everest of ethics, as one commentator called it. It shouldn't be singled out as the most important teaching of Jesus, but it is a practical guide for decision-making and is very important when seeking to confront our brother with behavior that needs to be changed. Quite simply, when confronting a brother... Treat him the way you would want to be treated if the roles were reversed. Now, again, that doesn't mean we ignore judging his behavior. Obviously, to ignore behavior that may in fact condemn our brother on judgment day is the worst thing we could do for him. But it does mean that we judge him carefully and compassionately. Showing grace and mercy when possible. And holding out the promise of forgiveness. And the assurance of of restoration if he will but acknowledge his sin and repent. That is the way we apply the golden rule to this matter of judging. You know, this teaching is, is, is a bit uh, new for some people. A friend at Fit Club told me this week, he read my sermon last week, and he said, wow. He said, I just got over judging others, and now you're telling me I have to judge them. <laughs> and that's what we're called to do. But we're called to judge according to the standards given in Scripture. We're called to judge compassionately, holding out forgiveness and hope. We're called to judge only those who are within the household of God, who have been told what to do and simply need to be reminded. It's not our place to judge those out in the world. God will take care of that. So we are to make judgments. And to make good judgments, we pray for wisdom. We trust our Father to guide us. And then we apply the golden rule to the situation at hand and do what needs to be done.
In other words, we pray and then we trust and obey.